Welcome to WRL Broadcast, Magic Mana Strike Edition. I am Hate Mail, and with me today we have Ogre Barbarian, the world-famous Ogre Barbarian, and the slightly less famous, but just as grumpy, Doombox. You still love him. <laughs> yep, Actually, I don't think me. anybody's as grumpy as Ogre, but... Yeah, grumpy. I'm, I'm pretty grumpy. grumpy. I'm also very arrogant, apparently. Yeah, extremely arrogant. Yeah. Tisk tisk. But today we are going to be talking about, um, we kind of went back and forth on topics. We were going to have a guest, Magic, what is it, Mana Strike GG, but he wasn't able to make today, so yeah. hopefully we'll be able to do something with him tomorrow. So I look forward to having him on. And we will also be talking... next week? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll record tomorrow and it'll be for next well, week. Well, I mean, so... even if we record tomorrow, it'll be next week's episode. Yeah. So. And then the um, today we want to talk about a couple topics one we want to talk about doombox's weenie deck and deck. we will <laughs> and we'll also talk about <laughs> cheap or more common cards that you definitely want to rank up so with that um a deck that doombox has been playing but he's trying to keep hidden that i have a lot of fun with but i don't have blinding mage so i've noticed that it struggles a little bit against certain comps that i've watched some of your videos doom and it does much better but not having that blinding mage just I feel like hurts me. Oh yeah. I mean that was a that was a pretty cold open for my weenie, but I guess we'll make it do. Um so weenie deck basically the long and short of it is your very basic simple stall style deck. Um of course you're running a mostly white composition, knight, barracks, and blinding mage, of course, and the like. Um but outside of that you really can flex in basically whatever you want on the outside. Like, you could run it white-black, white-red, white-blue. Can, can we rewind for half a second? Sure. And actually explain, like, what you are using. You have a Dovin that you have set up to be this deck. Oh, right? well, I mean, me personally, I use specifically Knight, uh, what's called Ratchet Bomb, Barracks, Blinding Mage, Sanctifier of Souls, or Sacrificer, whichever one of the two it is. Um, and really, the other two cards are more or less flexed in. Uh, like, I've run Riddle Keeper and uh, Prismatic Flip Over to the Other Lane, Magic One Cost Spell card. Um, Are you still running Core Entangler, or no? Uh, well, I mean, everyone runs Core Entangler. I thought that went without saying. But... Okay. You were um, Core a long time ago. <laughs> But, uh, so basically the long and short of it, I mean, at least the theory behind my deck, is simply the idea of wave tactics. You just keep spitting stuff into lanes until you eventually kill a tower, and then you spit a lot more stuff into lanes to make sure they can't take a tower. And then that's that. Of course, it does struggle against any kind of AoE damage. You're looking at Circle of Pain, what is it, the Rolling Slime. I mean, Which... even stuff as simple as... Other people, Scud missiles will kill it, but you know, aka okay, Ratchet time, Bomb. Yeah, Ratchet Bomb. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sacrificer of Souls to some degree is to alleviate that, but really the 
bigger part of the strategy, something that a lot of people don't catch on to until it's too late, is setting up a huge swarm that demands an answer in one lane and then setting up a barracks in the other and then just slapping a white mage down behind it. Because a blinding mage has enough range to poke down towers. And a lot of people will just put down like one or two things to answer it. You know, oh, I'll drop some Hadron scouts, no worries. But the barracks keeps spitting out guys that get in the way. And, of course, he does a pretty fair amount of damage in the meantime. I was actually surprised Um, at how well this deck does. You actually went almost, you're at rank 7 now, or you're almost rank 7? Just messing around I'm about 100 points away from rank 7, just from casually playing. So, yeah. Do you ever run into this at your rank, Ogre, at all? Uh, not really. Uh, at the higher ranks, it gets a lot harder to play a spawner-style deck. Because hmm. yeah. birds are a lot easier to answer. Like Once you said, hit, it uh, struggles against certain mechanics. And guess what? At the higher ranks, everybody has those. So. Yeah, I was going to say, as I was climbing up and up higher and higher into rank 6, more and more and more people just have one or two really stable AoE answer cards. Um, of course, that being said, the flex card really is a pretty big deal in the deck because you're able to adjust in basically whatever you'd like. For example, occasionally I'll run in the uh, Goblin Artillery, run a second Siege in there, and that can really mix some people up. But my favorite so far is putting in the uh, Sphinx of the Final Word because typically the best answer to the thing is, okay, well, I'm just going to push down all these weak guys and counter push. Well, Sphinx drops in, and then all of a sudden your counter push is significantly less impactful, and then down drops Dove in to debuff you and zap you with his little helicopters. So, honestly, it's pretty good. I would say that I could probably make it to Ogre's rank with it, but it would just be progressively more difficult to do so. But um, I am rank is, 8, if anybody was curious. It is a pretty good deck for beginners, because a lot of people at the lower ranks won't have the means or the card power to answer that big of a swarm. So if you're just starting out, it's really not a bad plan to load up those barracks, load up those common cards, Hadron Scouts, the Guardian, and then just really work on a nice progressive push to get yourself up in the ranks so you can get the cards you actually want. Are you running Spectral Procession at all in it? Are you forgoing that? Uh, That's the Ghost Spawn, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh. God, no. Why would I ever do that? Yeah, I think he mostly forwent it because you don't need it in that style of deck. <laughs> yeah, because it's more of a, uh, how do you say, slow burn? Yeah. Slow ramp, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I notice when I play plus... it, a lot of times it, you feel like you're like, oh gosh, I lost a tower, I'm going to lose, and then all of a sudden it just overcomes. Especially yeah, once, you... once the mana burn starts. One of those things that uh, it's really, really easy to draw out the opponent to overexerting themselves, which is a play style you really don't see a lot of in a lot of other decks when they're fighting one another. It's usually who has the tallest, biggest, beefiest guy. But with this deck, if your opponent starts dropping down the Planeswalkers to answer your push, and you're able to stop them without having to use yours, then there'll come a point where you'll have full advantage because you can just drop down your Planeswalker over and over and they don't have one to answer. And that makes a huge difference. Hmm. I, I'm but having I, fun with it. I like it. It's just a, it's a fun deck. Though I, I'm i lacking Blinding Mage, so I feel like that's holding me back a little bit. It's so I holding have, you back a lot. 
Yeah, once I get him, I'm going to go back to it. But I'm thinking about, after watching some of Ogre's videos, I'm thinking about selling out and going to Chandra for a while just to try to build up some of my so, rare, rare card drops. I'm, I'm going to just guess this right now. But there's going to be at least two cards that are changed in the uh, end of season patch. And that would be Blinding so? Mage and Sauron. Probably. Mm. At, at, at the very minimum, those two cards are changing. I'm guessing. Just guessing. I, that sounds like a safe guess. Though, I don't know why they would change Blinding Mage. He's fair. He's he's not too bad. <clears throat> I, when I uh, see people talking reduction. about which ones they want to see nerfed, I always see that name pop up. I, w- I would say slight reduction in either the range or the damage. One or the other. Not a, not a huge nerf, but like a slight reduction. Mm, maybe to attack speed is what I would guess, you know? Because yeah, and that, that, range... that counts as part of the damage in my book, so... Oh. I thought you meant damage per hit, and I was like, I hope not. He already doesn't do that much, but... No, 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 damage per second. Yeah, right. right. Uh, that's what I would assume, because it feels like they kind of did the uh, range purposefully for him to be more or less the white... No, job. absolutely. Yeah, so... absolutely. Um, but personally, if I had to see a card that I wanted to see taken down a notch or two, it would either be the Sacrificer Demon, or, uh, what's, what's a guy called that you summon him and you eat all your units and he gets big and beefy? The Reaver Demon. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I I wouldn't mind seeing him take a hit, personally. I I kind of expect Circle of Pain to maybe take a little bit of a hit. Oh, I mean, I'd always be happy to see Circle of Pain take a hit because I play Weenie, so it's like, oh, eh. you know. But uh, um, then again, if I'd it if it does, it. it'll be the it'll be the slow redu- uh, that it provides. I think if it does, it does seem to last I mean, a I'd really be, long time. Maybe the duration. I'd be fine with whatever. <laughs> Maybe you know? it's I the just duration, want my yeah. Weenie to be free to roam. You know. <laughs> <laughs> We need to have Kage Doom, on Doom this episode. Best, yes, demonetized. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it, it's not like I'm talking about the other, you know what I mean. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, you know, if, if they actually do do some kind of nerf to any kind of AoE, crowd control, or damage, it's, it'll be nice for me, but it's something that I highly doubt, just because the game already feels like it doesn't have enough of it to answer a lot of pushes. So uh, Yeah, I think this is the type of game I'm pretty sure they're probably going to do. I wonder what kind of, actually, that's a good question. What do you guys think they're going to do for expansions for this game? Like, how often do you think we're going to see new cards added, new Planeswalkers added? Uh, I'm going to say Planeswalkers monthly. Okay. Do you think we'll get mm, one or two? because that's how long the season is? I would say one or two, because it seems like the Magic Pass, the way it's set up, is that they're going to have a new Planeswalker with each one. Okay. Yeah. Well, then they released that um that green white guy as well. Calyx, yeah. Yeah, they released Calyx too. So that was two they released already, mm-hmm. right out of the gate, like new. So I would, I, my guess is that they're going to release some sort of mono color as the pass, and then some sort of dual color as the purchase for gems. Do you uh do you think we're ever going to get tricolor or beyond? That is a good question, and it's hard to say because there's not a ton of them in Magic history to begin with. So, well, and also the tricolor you would think would have a 
unless they were very weak, it would feel like they would have such a big advantage over the other colors. I mean, why you'd still play so. mono white? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing I've like, noticed. The problem. That my deck, it's strong, quote unquote strong, but it uses six sevenths of it as white cards. I could easily flex in another white card and be fine. Yeah, so. but if you could, you know, flex in, you know, like the best card from a different color on top of the other best card from a different color and go all white, then. Eh. It depends. I, mean, I guess it depends on the planeswalker skill. Would be something yeah, like it really like, is dependent on the planeswalker. I would say probably the worst combination possible that they could release that would unbalance the game would probably be something like white, blue, and black. Just spawn out five trillion things and then have your uh, demon floating around times twenty and one shotting towers. Yeah, that would be. I could see that being pretty bad. It would be hilarious though. I would love <laughs> to watch a video of that. <laughs> the um. The other question is, <laughs> what about cards? What do we think they're going to do for that? Are they going to do like see, you know, cards that match, kind of like you see with deck rele- uh, in different releases? I, That's, I, you know, it's tricky to to figure out their cards because there weren't any cards, quote unquote, released. That I could tell. Well, you know they're gonna. I mean, I'm that's sure. that's gonna be the money maker. Well, no, they're absolutely going to. I just I'm not sure when or how they're gonna do it. Are they gonna release five cards at a time and put one in each color? Are they gonna do you know? Maybe we eventually get gold cards and they're two colors innately. You know what? Dual colored cards would be pretty cool to have. I'm not gonna lie. That would be interesting. <laughs> So just I don't know what they're gonna do, but like we're only in the first month, so yeah. Just I don't know. I hadn't even thought about it until we had this conversation. So I thought it'd be uh, interesting. Oh yeah, no, like I think there's a lot of potential here. I'd like to see them release cards monthly, but I'd be okay with them doing it kind of like Hearthstone does, where every three months they do a big patch with tons of new cards. Mm-hmm. So I, I could go either. And or. and that may be what happens with the cards, but I'm still guessing Planeswalkers are gonna be monthly. Yeah, I think you're right. Planeswalkers will definitely be, because that's easier to do. Yeah. Also, much... speaking of Planeswalkers that we need, we need a red-black Planeswalker, Dagnabbit. I don't think no, we, we do. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we do. I don't want to see it. I don't want to face it. In fact, if they wanted to remove every single red and black Planeswalker from the game, I would be fine with that. Well, of course you would, you commie jerkwads. Yeah. <laughs> Just need a, a good old white on blue and white on white and blue on blue, all that good stuff. That's all we need. Maybe some green sprinkled in there for flavor. Well, speaking of red, I'm as we as I mentioned, my blinding mage lack thereof. Thinking about busting out a red deck because I always liked red was my second favorite color beyond behind white, and um, so I'm putting together a red deck. School me through which cards I want to have in this deck, ogre. All right, so we're tier listing all 21 cards or whatever that can be well, had yeah, just, in a red if, deck? If you, if you were to, I'm at rank 5 currently, not far from rank 6. What would you tell me to put all in right, my deck so right I'll, now? I'll tell you the deck that I use, and okay. I'll tell you the flex slot and how I look at it. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so the core of the deck is Haunted Guardian, Hedron Scouts, Shock, uh, Ashcloud Phoenix, I don't have the deck in front of me, so I'm trying to do a couple <laughs> memory. Sorry. <laughs> um, now, Hellrider I saw one... is the flex. 
I see a lot of decks. Sorry to interrupt you for a second, but I see a lot of people say um, that I, I see a lot of the decks don't have Hadron Scout, but then a lot of the people on the Reddit board say that Hadron Scout should be in every single deck. What's your guys' takes on uh, that? I'm I'm on the they should be in every deck. I feel like they're one mana for a decks. lot of DPS. It's it's one of those things. If it fits with your deck's style in a general sense, you should put it in. But if you're going for something very specific or you don't have the flex room to use it, then it's not necessary. But if you can, you should. I haven't used them in a while. That's why I was asking. Yeah, they're they're very, you know, squishy, but they have a lot of DPS. Okay. Okay, so, sorry to interrupt, but I had Haunted Guardian, Hadron no, no, Scouts. No, then what was, what what else did you have? Um, Ashcloud Phoenix, Shock, yeah, Goblin Ash. Artillery, that's five. Um, Comet Storm and Hellrider is what I'm currently running. Uh, I find that Hellrider and Comet Storm are kind of the flex slots because the okay. rest of it is more of the core of the deck. Uh, the Hellrider is the one that I've been actually subbing out, oddly enough. Uh, and I subbed in the Swashbuckler. Because uh, the piercing damage that he does uh, is really good against Orinda. So that was something that I've noticed. Uh, I've, also no- I've also had several, several games that I've shared with you guys where I've won just because of Comet Storm. Wow. Like, I have had no business winning these matches, and I've won because I've had a Comet Storm in my deck. I don't think I have Hellrider. Maybe he's a rank six. He's the oh, big there guy he is. Never mind. The, he's like, little beasty thing. I, I was gonna say he's like one of the first cards you get. Yeah, I do have him. I just he was already in my slot, so I didn't see him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's what your, I've been using. So walk us through your general plan, Ogre. What's uh, what are you doing with these degenerate cards? These <laughs> <laughs> degenerate cards. All right. So basically, what it is, you're gonna respond to your opponent's push with your Haunted Guardian up front, your Chandra behind the tower, uh, your Ashcloud Phoenix behind the tower, you're going to use your Hedron Scouts and your Hellrider. Once those three have cleared out your opponent, you're going to drop your Hellrider and your Hedron Scouts so that they're going to rush the other tower while those guys are walking up behind them to support. So they're your faster units. They're going to get in, hit the tower quick and hard uh, while the Haunted Guardian, the Chandra, and the Ashcloud Phoenix are walking up to support them. Chandra is one of the faster Planeswalkers, so she gets up there pretty quickly. Uh, she can also close gaps really well with her uh, skill because it's a jump. So uh, whenever I drop Chandra, I try to drop her in a manner where her interplay Phoenix uh, will clip the tower so that you can get a little bit of extra damage on it. Uh, whenever I have a push like that going on, I also try to drop the Goblin Artillery in the off lane to, you know, just get some chip damage in where I can. Uh, whenever I have Comet Storm in my hand, I try to do it for about two minutes, and that drops four uh, meteors onto towers at random. But if you do it at one mana, it only drops one meteor. So you want to do it for two or more. Generally, two to three is where I try to do it at, just to get a little bit of damage here and there. And, you know, late in the game, you can drop a big one and just close out a game real quick with that so that's generally my tactic is the chip down and counter push 
Yeah, I noticed you have so, a lot of characters in here that only do damage to buildings. Yeah. Yeah, and that is one of the downfalls of the deck, is if you don't uh, time it right, you're not going to have any of your defending cards up to, to defend with. Um, and that is a problem the deck can run into. It's just learning how to cycle through your cards properly. I imagine it must also be a small issue if the opponent has placeable buildings like lightning towers, skull catapults, and the such, that your creatures might just go whipping off to the side and completely miss the main tower. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, because of the amount of DPS that Hellrider and the Hedron Scouts have, they can burst through that pretty quickly and then make their way back to the tower. As long as the support is there to keep the rest of the enemy off them, they can burst through a, uh, a building pretty quickly. And you rely yeah, on so... your swashbuckler and your your own phoenix to deal with the other flying units. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you rely on Chandra, your phoenix, the swashbuckler. Like, those are your anti-air units. And basically what it is, is if they have, like, a really big reaver demon coming in, I'll drop a haunted guardian towards the middle of the map, draw it over to it, and then have my uh, range support units and my tower take out the reaver demon over time as the Haunted Guardian just gets poked by the big flying dum-dum. Well, I'm going to have to try her today after I watch a few of your videos. Yeah, no problem. It's been a little while since I've... Actually, I've only played her once when the game first started. I think it was the first character I played, and then I switched to white and haven't looked back. Well, yeah, because she's, like, you kind of are forced to play her in the tutorial, but then yeah. after that, you don't have to. <laughs> the Ogre. Let's say that I was a newer player who was struggling against decks like that. Because a lot of the cards you listed off are actually available pretty early on. Um, yeah, a lot of them what are. What would be your advice to those players for maybe overcoming or having a better chance against your deck? Okay, it is a very strong deck early on. I'm not going to lie. There's not a lot of way around some of the things. Uh, one of the big ones is Hellrider, because when he uh, jumps to the building, he has an AoE that does damage. So you have to get used to putting your things a little bit away from your tower to not get hit by that. Uh, so if you're going to drop a Hedron Scout to defend against the Hellrider, you're going to drop them a little forward instead of, and try to like screen and get in the way of the Hellrider. Instead of dropping them at the tower, they're just going to get blown up by the Hellrider when he jumps in. Now does the Hellrider do uh, damage to units or just the building with his AoE? When he jumps and hits the building, it AoE hits all units, too. Oh, cool. Stuns them also. Yeah, it stuns them, too. For just a brief second. But, yeah, it, it's really nasty what he does. Like, he hits buildings only, but that AoE can hit units. So it blows up Hedron Scouts and, I think, the uh, Clockwork Scarabs or Beetles or whatever. Because uh, they're squishier. But, yeah. He can clear out smaller units around towers if you're not careful. So you want to place them a little bit further out and be aware of what that radius is. That's also, so if you're playing one... Chandra, you want to, if you see a bunch of people being spawned around the building, that's a good time to summon him and let him jump to it. Yes. And, and mostly the short answer on how to play against a Chandra deck is learn positioning and timing. Because if a lot of Chandra decks are probably playing a little bit looser, uh, so you're you're going to be rewarded for playing tight, playing you know in a manner that's beneficial to 
corralling, essentially. But they do have a lot of just damage the building only. So even if you do play tight, you may not win. That's just the nature of how they play, unfortunately. Let me ask you a couple super noob questions, slightly off topic. One does it when is the reset? The when does this game reset? Um, I want to say it's at like 1 a.m. for me, which is 4 a.m. Eastern. So I thought it might be, but I really wasn't sure. I was having a hard time figuring that out. Yeah, I want to say it's then. I mean, I guess it does. It doesn't really matter in a lot of aspects because, like, your battle reward. Well, there's, yeah, there's there's a couple of different resets. One of them is the reset to earn your battle rewards, but you can stack them so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I was going to say, you just then, you get five and then it ends and it starts over. Right, and you can stack them. So if you miss a day, you have ten reward now instead of five. Right. So, like, it does stack. I don't know what the limit is on it. I think it's two or three. But Doom, you might know. Um, you anyway. took, like, five days off at one point. <laughs> Did that, did that stack up for you? Do you remember? Oh, he's in silent, so he must have had to talk to somebody. Uh, Maybe somebody, uh, he's at somebody's house. So. He got distracted by another pug. <laughs> um, my other question is a super noob question, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but for anybody who might be wondering, when you're putting your cards in your deck, the arrangement doesn't matter because they draw randomly when you play, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and also to answer your previous question, the maximum stack count is three, I believe. Okay. So that makes sense. You don't want to miss more than three days in a row. Yeah, typically. Yeah. Yep. And then I uh, tried the event today. I noticed the first three battles is just against... a. It's rough. <laughs> the first three battles are against... The AI and the AI doesn't summon any units, so that part was easy. But then once you get to the actual sealed deck tournament, oh my gosh. I just got a blue... I mean, I yeah, I can't even get one win. I got a really bad draw. It was though. rough. Yeah, I got a... I had... I considered myself having a decent deck in the sealed. Yeah. And I got just blown up because guess what? There's people who got Blanding Mage. Or core entangler, or both. And I was uh, like, "How am I supposed to fight a meta deck with my garbage?" Yeah, well, I was gonna whatever. say I was one of those folks who got both, and I basically stopped playing after my third win in a row. And I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm bored." <laughs> <laughs> the rewards don't seem like they're that fantastic, but uh, it's hard to say. I guess. Well, what was the total on it? Well, I mean, I guess it you get a decent amount of gold, high. but you get um. Not really. Yeah, I mean, you don't even get a decent amount, but it looks like you get uncommon, and then you have a 56% chance to get a bonus. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it stacks as you go. Yeah. It just goes up little by little, every one of them. So. It's valuable, which is a weird thing to say in this circumstance, because you're going to get blown up if you don't know what you're doing. But I feel like it's more valuable for newer players who maybe don't have access to all the cards they need. Because it can get them enough gold to level up their things, while also giving them a chance to play around with some of the uh, options that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. I did it just because I was trying to get Blinding Mage, so I was hoping that maybe I'd get lucky and <laughs> dro he'd drop. But 
you're gonna have to break down and just spend like six thousand gold in the shop one day and I haven't seen him. He hasn't showed up to spend the six thousand gold to buy him. I'd buy him in minute. I said him. one day. Yeah. I said one day. I didn't <laughs> It'll be like year three, but you know, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Honestly, it's a shame that you can't uh request from your team cards you don't have because I've given away like three blinding mage cards so far. Oh dude, everybody requests blinding mage. I've actually only seen him requested inherent. once today, but I well, that's because people finally stopped. <laughs> but I think that that right there is an indicator that there's a problem with the card. Is if everybody's requesting blinding mage? Well, I mean, I don't think it's a problem with the card because keeping in mind, white is very much the best color. I would say with red as a close. Well, second. that's. That's the problem is that mo- is that the white cards are so powerful. Yeah, I, I thought black was that, considered that. The... No, black is considered like the mid of middle of the road. Well, I guess I guess it's just because uh, of Soren. I want to say like overall overall power level. Yeah, it's Soren, and he plays mono white. He doesn't play black. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're literally using Soren because of his enter playability. Yeah. But that's it. Also, that's the part of him that I think is going to get nerfed, is the interplay. And they're going to give it a timer and not make it, like, last forever. Gotcha. You're probably right. But, Honestly, anyway. I've, I've been so, 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 so tempted to just give in to the dark side and use sword. Because in my deck, dude, his in-play ability would be so stupid, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I can't sell out. I can't can't do that much cheese. I tried to use it's... green just because I wanted to be a contrarian with it, but I'm not good enough at the game to make a bad deck work, so. <laughs> we can work on that. Yeah. I gotta get better at so... the game first before I can start playing around with stuff like that, but. I mean, white right. and green is crazy good once you get to rank six because that devouring slime card that goes down lane and then spits out some slime but also does hella damage is crazy yeah, rolling good. Yeah, when you combine it with things like the uh, Sacrifice of Souls because then every single slime that dies spawns a ghost. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, that's that's the stuff. <laughs> combine know. it with the other slime as well. Like, yeah, just... Because each, each time he pops and spots two more... Then you'll also get another soul for that too. It's kind of mm-hmm. silly. I feel it's like, gonna be um, like Nickelodeon guts in the bottom. But Doom, if you played uh, Black White, you have the Sanctifier of Souls that you're talking about getting you spirits. You also yeah. have Zombie upon top of that, which would spawn you zombies. So you'd have zombies and spirits, and, and your dudes, and you'd be like rooting. I think your headset came undone, yeah, Ogre. Came... Oh, I think it died. Oh, okay. That's bonk, weird. Bonk. But, anyways. The whole point of it is I just do not want to use white black. It's I just can't. I just can't. Well, on that note, since Ogre lost his headset anyway, let's um call it a day because we're gonna need a little long anyway. Yeah, I should be on push to talk now. But all right, well, I mean, it was fun. I liked uh, coming in and waving yeah. my weenie in front of everyone so they could see it. We appreciate you sharing your weenie with the world. Well, I'm glad you appreciate it. Honestly, it's something that more people should be seeing and putting their hands on, I think. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up there with that. With those those um, wonder. <laughs> now that we've made most of our audience feel very unclean, and um, <laughs> Ogre, we don't hear you, so maybe you're unpushed to talk. Or but well, that we'll we'll sign out. I'm unpushed to talk now. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're signing out. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Okay. Thanks for listening.